You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Just kidding. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, everyone. Paul Pasolak is Brad Weisgerber. Forget about my name for a second. Yeah, Salvatore Cusmano. We are inside real estate. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Vic. <laughs> what was that? It's about as bad say, as yours. Say, so you should be able to say, say, say your last name. Simjanowski. Simjanowski. Vitsa Simjanowski. Look at that. Yes. You got the first name. Other right. than the name, you're you're Greek, right? No. 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 You're Macedonian. You're Macedonian. Yeah. The same thing. The descendant of Alexander the Great. No, 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 no. He's yes, ours. Yes, yes. He's ours. <laughs> Everything's the Greeks. He's ours. This whole thing, the, with Alexander the Great. Anyways. The Greeks so, even invented iPhones. So yeah, they did everything. By now. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Uh, obviously, today we've got a special show. We've got Vic from Dobie Real Estate, uh, great real estate agent. He's going to talk to us about his story, how he got into the business. Uh, how he does his hair in the morning. It always looks amazing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we've got some more topics. I want to talk about uh, credit scores being the highest that they've ever uh, that they've ever been uh, on average. And I'm going to ask you guys what you guys think that number is. Uh, it, we're going into a buyer's market and also uh, some loosening of guidelines with Fannie and Freddie maybe going uh, private. I want to talk about what we think that might do to the market. But first and foremost, we have Mr. Vic's... Mm, and uh, Vic, uh, obviously you're with Dobie Real Estate, a, a great friend of the of, of the show. Uh, we've had Simon on before. We've had some other people from the show uh, from the business, from the office on the show. Tell me why you got into real estate, how you got real into real estate, and then you know we'll transition from there. Do we have more than thirty minutes? No, we got to you got to do it in like two minutes. <laughs> we well, know how you Macedonians like to talk. <laughs> Well, my family's manufacturing, so my family, when they came back, came over here from Macedonia. Um, I was in a manufacturing company with my father for, oh, about 30 years of my life. I'm 45. So, By the way, Vic looks like he's like 35, <laughs> so it's good. So you know how it is coming from a, a immigrant family. They make you go to work even when you're 12 years old. You sweep the floors. You yeah. do whatever you have to do. So uh, me and my dad opened up our own business. Uh, we're in business for about 15 years. Economy took a little bit of a dip. He turned 70. He's like, what do you what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of this. <laughs> yeah, I did. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Well, at that time, I, we just had a baby, so I took a year off. You and your dad? Uh, no, me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> me and my wife. Man. <laughs> I mean, it's just getting roasted right now. <laughs> so he, we took, I took a year off. Uh, my, I had a little newborn baby. I took a year off, spent the first year with him. Um, my wife's like, what are you going to do? Why are you sitting home all day? I'm like, well, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. So at the age of 40, I made a career change and uh, got into real estate. Yeah. What yeah. year was that? Uh, that was, what, four years ago, 2015. You've only been in the business four years. This so, is, April start was the start of my fourth year. Wow. And and so four years, you've, you've built a good business, uh, which is which is what I, I want to talk about. So obviously, you got into the business. Where did you start? Um, I started at Cranbrook. Um, which is, I think, Howard Hanna now. Yeah, yep. yeah, in Birmingham, Michigan. That is correct. Yeah, and then, and then you ended up going to Keller Williams, and then ended up with Simon. Simon, who started his own brokerage, which is Dolby Real Estate. By the way, for everybody out there, Dolby Real Estate is a really good like boutique type lender here in Birmingham, Michigan. How many agents do you guys have now? Uh, when we started, there was five of us, um, and we're not lenders. We're 
I'm sorry. Did program. I say lenders? <laughs> Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry, off today. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's the whole. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We started with five guys, uh, five, five people at uh, Simon Thomas Homes when it started. Yeah. And now we're close to 40 agents within one year. We started back in wow. August of last year. That's a lot of growth. Yeah. So talk to me about Dobie and why you think, I mean, you're having success. You guys are doing a lot of good stuff at that uh, brokerage in general. Uh, how are you, how did you start? Let's start, let's go back. Sorry. How did you get in the business? How did you start getting uh, business very early? Right? Because that's tough. A lot of people that get into the industry, you know, four years, you're doing pretty well. But that first year or two years is really, really hard. Well, I, I did it the un, uh, ordinary way of doing real estate. Um, when you're 40 years in a different career, people know you as a steel fabrication yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. So I said in my first year, I'm going to do all cold market. If I can do cold market and succeed, the warm market's going to come back all over time. So I did a lot of open houses. I did a lot of uh, lead genning. Um, I did a lot of Zillow ads. Uh, first year was a great year for me. Um, just by doing cold market second year, people started looking at me like, Hey, this guy is pretty good at what he does. Yeah. So I started getting more warm leads from friends and family. And this third year, a lot of referrals, a lot of stuff. So people actually see me as a real estate agent now, not just a manufacturing guy. That's interesting. So, um, and obviously you, you, your, your firm and you, you guys do a lot of social media, a lot of you guys, you, you utilize that a lot. We do. Um, social media is the new, uh, way of doing advertising, um, I have a great assistant, Leanne Allen. Uh, she What's up, She's my, here. What's she up, runs my, <laughs> She runs my social media, so everything you see, uh, she's in charge of. Yeah. Um, and she's doing a great job. Um, being, being 45 years old, I can't deal with a millennial time like she is, so <laughs> she knows what she's doing, and I put my trust in her. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, to, uh, to that point, too, you know, a good team really helps you, right? Like, being especially only like four years in, you probably see new stuff every single day, you know? And we do. Every, every day is like we talked about before the show started doing cryptocurrency yeah. uh, <laughs> as a deposit or as your EMD check. It's it's insane uh, right. the way that times have come. Yeah. Yep. A lot changes. A lot changes. So your first year, how many, lo- how many, how many, uh, sorry, I mean, how many deals did you? Close? I did 15 deals for uh, $5 million. That's a pretty good first year. Yeah. That was a great good. first year. And you was did that all at Cranbrook? Cranbrook. All at Cranbrook. Yeah. Those are good price points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think you're, you, you hit the, I mean, you just worked hard. There's no way around it. Like a lot of people kind of get into the business and they think that things are just going to happen, but it takes a lot of hard work to be in this business. I mean, there's, it's pretty competitive. Well, like I said, being part of manufacturing, I'd go in the morning at six o'clock and I sometimes I'd work till eight o'clock. So I treat my real estate business the exact same way. Uh, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Uh, if you work from 12 to two, you're going to get a 12 to two paycheck. Uh, you put in 10, 12, 14 hours a day, you're going to get a 10 to 12, 14 hour a day paycheck. Yeah. Uh, so I like real estate because in my other manufacturing company, I had 35 employees. Um, I was at their mercy if they didn't decide to show up today. Didn't matter what I did or how hard I worked. I was only going to make what I was going to make. I'm um, in real estate. That's the reason why I went into it. Um, if I worked hard, um, I knew I would get a great outcome out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I wanted to talk about, we were talking about this earlier. It's definitely, and and I think we're seeing this. It's much more of a buyer's market all of a sudden, you know. And I think mm-hmm. we're definitely in a buyer's market. Yeah, much it, it more. It changed very quickly. It, it did. It did. It changed very quickly, and now we're definitely there. You yeah. know what I mean? Now everybody's like, okay, yeah, we're definitely a buyer's market. So, um, for you, uh, what are you seeing as far as the market goes, and what are you feeling as far as you know buyers, sellers, you know houses sitting? I think the price points matter. Like the one to two hundred, two fifty, they're selling 
pretty quick still. Yeah. I think when you get into the five to 600,000 uh, buyers are sitting back, I think most of it goes to the interest rates. I think they keep thinking that you're going to come down. Uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, we were selling a bunch of houses because interest rates were at close to 5%. Mm-hmm. People thought they were going to keep going higher and higher. Um, so they're like, we need to buy, we need mm-hmm. to buy. And I think they're taking a step back, uh, w- waiting for new inventory to come on. And I think that's that's what's driving the market right now to be more of a, a, a buyer's market. It's interesting. It's like when rates go down and, they, and people get kind of complacent, they're like, oh, they're low, right? And then when they start going up, people start freaking out. They're like, oh, I got to refinance. I got to buy a house, right? I got I to take it before they go up too high. When it's like, it should be the right. opposite. Yeah. Lots of people on the edge right now, you know, uh, oh, I hear another rate uh, cuts coming and maybe, you know, I mean, <laughs> you don't know. I could tell you that rates are real low right now. Right. Right. And you should take advantage as opposed to waiting. I'll give you an example. Waiting's like, not a good strategy. We were doing a deal for someone. It's totally no cost. He was going to save like $15,000 over 14 years. And he's like, no, I, it's free. Right. It was free. It's free money. It's $14,000 of free money. He's like, mm, no. Especially with the first time home buyer programs that you guys are offering right now. They're insane. Yeah. Uh, being able to just three and a half percent gifted money that's insane <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Like, you don't even 3%. have to put your own money in yeah even put your own money in yeah i mean look i know we'll talk about that here in a minute there there are a lot of programs out there and and as we kind of go into for like the next few i mean the, things have gotten looser and looser and looser with, with lending and if it's, Which we knew it would it's freaking well i we talked about it yeah. and it's freaking me out because I don't like looser and looser guidelines because it allows, it gives us an opportunity to potentially hurt ourselves in our, in the industry and give bad loans again, right? I like it to a degree. As long as we don't get to where it's normal again for stated income or stated assets, to a degree, it can get a little looser because it, it's tightened up a bit over the last few months. It can, it can loosen up again to what it was like last summer. But any further than that, then I start getting worried. Well, I mean, stated income's here. I mean, you can do Yeah, but it's not normal. Oh, but you could do it. You could. But it's not as widely spread. Right? Yes. Yeah, if it becomes widely spread and, and more of the norm or more of a legitimate option for more people, that's scary. Yeah. Well, it requires a, a pretty substantial down payment too, yeah. you know, which to me most important. It's the like, equity it, position. It should the be the yeah. most scrutinized thing on a loan, right? Like, uh, or at least like the, the biggest decision maker. If you're going to put 20% skin in the game on, you know, $400,000 house, I mean, it's going to be. That's you're invested in the house. Right. Mm, right. You definitely I mean, are. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you're not going to walk away. And even if you take a dip or whatever, you can sell it. No big deal. Right. But it's funny. Like you said, you know, 3% down, not even your own money. It's like, you can put 300. It's like walking out of a lease, kind of. You, you know, put, both are going to jam your credit. So whatever. $400,000 house with 3% down. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. You can. Yeah. $500,000 house yeah. with 3% Jeez. down. Jeez. Actually. Yeah, it's pretty you know? wild. Yeah, I know it's pretty wild. I mean, that's the thing. It's like that worries me as a market. Do you guys talk in your in your business about the recession, how to prepare for it, get a winner? I mean, this winter is gonna be, I think, tougher than the last few winters. Yes, right for sure. As far Maybe. as the market goes, I mean, <laughs> I mean, everyone likes to speculate about the market and the interest rates. It's like everyone's full of shit. You know, everyone's like, yeah. Does he have a point? <laughs> you know, they're all like, guesses. Yeah. In the beginning of the year, you guys said that interest rates were going to yeah. go up to like six, seven yeah. percent. Don't quote what happened. They went down to three. Yeah, fuck you. Everyone's like winner, winner, winner. <laughs> and then there's huge, you know, uh, huge winners, right? Huge, huge opportunities for people who couldn't get in, in the summer to now but, uh, do that. So you know, whatever, right? Prepare for the the worst, I guess, and hope for the best. It's good to have a healthy anxiety. So winter is coming. 
anticipate the norm of things are going to get a little worse. Yeah, I think that's it's a it. healthy anxiety because it pushes you to work harder. For, so as a real estate agent, what do you do usually to prepare? Because winter, regardless, is generally a little slower, no matter what. Like December, uh, Thanksgiving, people aren't really looking at houses at that time. What do you do to prepare for that? At, during that time is the best time to peak uh, new clientele. Yeah. Uh, anything that happens in the real estate industry, you know as well, just as in mortgages, takes 30, 60, 90 days to actually get a lead to go out sometimes and even look at a house. Yeah. Uh, you're mm-hmm. constantly contacting them, getting them in front of just even a picture of a house just to take a look at it. So you just lead gen at that time to set up your first yes. quarter of the year. So it's a great time. You're going to go out and see people at parties, holidays. You get to actually uh, interact with friends, family that you didn't see the entire year and try and mm-hmm. build up your next year of uh, book of business. That's a really good mentality to have. A lot of people look at it like, oh, it's down. I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to go right. and do this. But you're like, let me just take these opportunities to a work on my business at a different angle, get in, get in front of people I don't get in front of very often, see my friends and family. And what people don't realize a lot of times is just being around people will create business for you. Mm-hmm. It does. The uh, the best part of being around friends and family is they all, all want to talk about houses. You know, right, right. Yeah. when you go to a party, what do they ask? Yeah. They're like, Paul, what Paul, are the what's rates? The rates? Are you know, I was at a bachelor yeah, party yeah. this past weekend and picked up a new buyer and a new refi, you know, because it's like, hey, I save you money. I'll hook it up. Right. And right. they everyone has questions. Like you said, people don't know what they they don't know. So when there's an expert in the area, especially if it's someone as comfortable as, you know, a friend or a family member, I mean. They'll ask and you usually end up picking clients and, and building a book, especially late fall to early spring. Even like the best part about it, when I go to these parties, um, they'll start talking to me. And I'm Are like, these Macedonian parties? They can be, <laughs> be any type of party that you want. <laughs> I'll invite you to one, Paul. I'd love to be one. Like, you just got to come dressed in blue and white yeah, so they can know you're yeah, the Greek guy I'll, in the I'll room. I'll put a flag on my shirt. <laughs> But um, I'll let them know. I'm like, th- th- those are some great questions, but why don't you stop by the office? Let's talk about mm-hmm. it at my office. Um, I know you're in different fields. I don't talk to you about what you're doing. We're here to have a good time. Um, those are some great questions. Why don't you stop by the office? We'll sit down. We'll write down what your goals are, and we'll figure out what's the best game plan of getting you a house that you're looking for. Um, talking at parties, you know, you have a couple of drinks, and things get escalated, and people are like, oh, this guy charged me 1% to sell my house. Well, why are you going to charge me 3% to sell house, my house? And yeah, yeah. you know how that, yeah, yeah. all that stuff I works, heard but, rates are 3%. No, bro, they're not 3%. Oh, <laughs> I saw in Zilla. <laughs> Shut up. And my cousin called me. He yeah. got 2.75 from this guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> how come you can't only give, you can only give me three? Yeah. So, the, you know, you bring him call him. Point. <laughs> call, yeah, yeah, give him a call. So what do you do to combat this like discount brokerage model a lot of things that we're that we're ha- like we're getting right cuz it's you know as a, as a real estate agent you know you charge what you charge and it costs money. for a good agent I mean they they should get paid for what they what they for their value or whatever that may be there's a lot of models now that are coming out well, we'll sell your house at you know 1% or 2% um what do you do to keep your value proposition high so that you can say no that's my that's my cost the way I let them know is that at 3%, uh, you might get someone that's going to do a 1% job for you. So you got a $100,000 house, for example. I might be able to get you 90000 because I'm going to work hard for you. The guy's working for 1%. He's going to sell your house for seventy. So that difference in fees that you're going to make up, I'm going to make up because I know what I'm doing. Uh, the other guy pretty much charging a 1% fee. He's just signing a document hoping he's going to make a grand on the house. You know, mm-hmm. He doesn't really care. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to do all I can to get you the best value uh, if you're selling or if you're buying a house. 
And let's be, uh, and the houses are sitting more now. So, it, you know, like, like a year or two ago, like you could sell a house with your eyes closed. It wasn't very difficult. You put a sign out in the front of the, front of the yard and that house is 10 offers within like a few hours, right? Now it's a little bit different. Take some, some, it takes acumen and, and, and ability to sell a house. Whereas before it was a little bit different. So the, the value proposition is much higher, I think, for someone that knows what they're doing. And uh, would you agree with that? I totally agree with you when, uh, new agents come in and they freak out because their house has been sitting on the market for a week. I'm like, a week is not that long. <laughs> no, you know, man, a week no. is not, unless you're in a super hot market like Royal Oak was when they're doing 15, 20 offers on a house the right. first day yeah. and there's a lineup of agents. Uh, those days I think are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, great properties sell pretty fast. Um, but I think you're going to have to actually be a real estate agent and work for your commission instead of just putting a sign in the ground and hoping it sells in a right. day or two. I mean, so, if your property is unique at all, right? Like, it it may take even two months to find that right buyer. Maybe you know, more, even yeah. if it's in a great area and whatnot, or it's like, mm, you know, it, you you can't just make the buyer come out of nowhere. Like you said, it's not like a line of people waiting for each house now, unless it's like that cookie cutter home that fits like eighty percent of what everyone's boxes. It depends too on the school districts too. Most like Troy, Rochester, Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really care. Like there's like, oh, it's a, it's a house in Troy. I want the school district. Yeah, yeah. they'll deal with it and they'll renovate it over time. Um, but if you're not in a desirable school district, the house is going to sit for a little while. Mm-hmm. Even though the school district might be great, um, they still like, oh, it's not the top school district, top five. We're not going to go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah. that's for sure. That's that's true. So like for you, when you when you get a listing, what is what do you, what do you do differently, or what do you do that helps? Uh, your seller get more looks at it, right? I mean, that's a big deal. You just want people to get into the house and see it. Right. How do you create traffic for that house in a market where the sellers or the, the buyers, yeah, where the buyers have a lot more control, they can be more picky, and you might have a house that has like a really small uh, master bedroom that that you know that's harder to market. Like, what do you do that's different? What we did, I'll give you an example. We did we sold the house up in Clarkston. Um, we marketed it on Zillow coming soon, two weeks in advance. Uh, we put the sign in the ground with the coming soon sign on top. Um, we sold the house in five hours. No way. Uh, wow. We had what was the price calling. point? It was, the price point was 250 Okay. Uh, we got 265 for it. Um, wow. The guy was excited. Wow. We got five offers the first day. People wanted to go inside of it because they have that anticipation of they can't have something that they can't have. Uh, so they're looking like, well, this house is in the area that we want to be in, but I can't have it yet. I, I need to be first. I need to get there. Right. So they're constantly calling, when is it going to go on? When is it going to go on? Um, that's one way we do it. Uh, we do videos. Um, we do a lot of uh, blogs. Uh, Leanne sends out a bunch of email blasts. Um, we, we try and market each house the same. It doesn't matter if it's a $100,000 house or if it's a $2 million house. We treat each client the same way. Um, our motto with... Uh, my group with me and Leanne is above um, all of our clients' expectations above and beyond. Uh, so when you can think of some kind of a memory of like going out to a restaurant, how many times have you eaten dinner? But what's the one restaurant and what do they do that stuck out to you? Uh, for us, we try and go above and beyond what their expectations are yeah. uh, right from the start. We do everything that we can to make sure that it's not a transaction. Uh, we treat everyone that we do a, a deal with as family. They're our friends. They're friends and family for life. 
Do, yeah. you, do you narrate like a slideshow for for your listings? Because that voice is you just, got that voice. Yeah, that voice is silky man. smooth. You can start narrating and have a slideshow on Zillow. Remember that? Remember that radio show, Pillow Talk, or whatever it was. Alan Alman. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Say so, <laughs> these guys. Leah's laughing. She's laughing because they I mean, do they they do the same thing to me at the office. You should be you should be on the you should be actually the host. Can I you you be the host for Switch that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, yeah, man. So it definitely is. We're definitely going to be a buyer's market, and it, as a listing agent, you can't just put a sign in the in the ground anymore and 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 take a picture with you within the background of the of the bathroom and in, in the mirror, and you know, you you have to be a pro about it. Yeah, like I said, each each house, it doesn't matter what the value is. We we try and do it all the same. Um, that's why I like Dobby. Um, the part about Dobby is we we're changing the game in the real estate industry. Uh, about a year ago when we left uh, KW, there's an agent that came up to us and was like, what are you guys going to do when you go into a listing appointment and it's me and your brokerage number 5,000 and I'm number one at the time? Um, like, it doesn't really matter doesn't what matter, the man. brokerage is. Yeah. No. They care about the person. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. that's all that matters. The sign that goes in the ground is a sign. They just care about who's going to sell the house and how personal you're going to be ding. to them. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter the what brokerage you work at because you're not the number one person in that company. Right. Well, when you go to Verizon, you're like, oh, I didn't. I bought this phone from the number one Verizon yeah. seller at Verizon. Right. right. The name well, might get you in the door, but it's not going to And another you thing, too, is, you know, you're going to explain to that, that person, like, that that doesn't even really matter. Right. Right. Like, yeah, when you talk to them, like, who's Dobie? Well, let me tell you about us, right? As opposed to, well, we're not number one, but, yeah. like, does that, like you said, it doesn't even matter. Like, it, it's, it's all access to the same thing. I don't think clients realize that. I would right? say the I would MLS say, is. Well, it's not even just clients. It's also people in the profession. Right. right. I would say think about yeah. when you yeah. bought this house. Do you know who the who the agent was that listed it when you bought it? They'll say no because no. nobody knows. It doesn't mm. matter. Yeah. It's the house. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely isn't. Like at Adobe, there's we have 13 staff members for 40 agents. Yeah. So we have a marketing director. We have a market like every, everything is done for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon Thomas, who runs the brokerage. Um, he treats it like a business. It's not. We have one marketing guy for two hundred people. We actually have your marketing is great. It's he, it, was a, it was a conscious effort by by you guys and Simon and everybody to actually have a marketing team. And companies in today's world, go. what <laughs> Paul gets all giddy about marketing, <laughs> man. Hey, go ahead. I'm just saying, dude. I think I think companies that don't think about marketing, like we we talked to a company that is a is a two billion dollar company the other day, and we brought up marketing. He's like, oh yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, we don't have a budget for that. I mean, how do you, how do you, like, how do you not have marketing, especially in this when it's as this competitive and it's obviously working for you guys because you know you guys built a brand very quickly, very quickly. Yeah, within the first year, uh, last month we hit number thirty-seven brokerage in the state of Michigan with forty agents. That's within That's one crazy. year, dude. With one year, and we started crazy. with five. <laughs> right. So, um, marketing. It, it goes to show you that it doesn't matter who. Uh, who put what signs in the ground? No, yeah. no, no. It's the people of mm-hmm. today. Salvatore Cusmano decided to go uh, work wherever, start his own. Whoa, 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 let's calm down. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, if he did, or, or someone from our team, if they decided to go somewhere, they would still be the same person. They could still get the same business. It doesn't matter that they're with Omega. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, what value does Omega or, right. or Adobe give their people to like feel like they should be part of that? That's the difference. That's right. what that's what happens at Adobe. Everybody there's family. Like we are, we have that open concept. Mm-hmm. Um, we go in there. It's fun to go to work. It's a great office. Um, everyone loves talking to each other. We collaborate on stuff. If somebody doesn't know something, we're not locked off, locked up in our own office. Everybody talks, so everyone hears what's going on. 
and you get input from a bunch of different people, um, it, it's great. It's a great concept of having a free flow. Well, open you guys concept. actually have people in the. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you guys actually have people in the office. Like when we walk into the office, there's people there. There's buzzing. There's you know, and then sometimes you, we've walked into other offices, Sal, and they're big market centers. Nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's there. Nobody wants to be there. They're all walking right past each other. There's no collaboration. Uh, it's a very different environment. Uh, like as far how do you keep that going as you guys grow? Uh, we'd like to celebrate wins and losses with each other. It doesn't matter. We always help each other out. Yeah. Um, we have this little gong in the back. Uh, every time somebody puts a deal under contract, we have this little Nerf gun that we try and shoot the <laughs> the gong <laughs> from, awesome. yeah. so everybody knows that there's something going on. Yeah, um, it's just the culture. Um, you've been to our office. Yeah, you know all our core values that are in the back of the office. Yeah, um, if you don't fit that core value, you you don't fit Adobe. Um, that's the that's the key to the success that we've had. Simon's put a lot of effort and time into creating an amazing culture, and uh, it it breeds a, mm-hmm. a great culture. Yeah. People that come in feel welcome. Uh, they don't feel like, oh, this guy's coming here to steal my deals. There's enough deals around town. It doesn't have to be right. that way. Yeah. Um, if you make people feel like your family, then they, they that's like you said, they enjoy coming to work because they feel like they're family, and that's what we all are. We're a big family at Adobe. Yeah. So let's fast forward. So obviously you've been in it for four years now. You're, you're doing fairly well. Um, how do you continue that? Like, you know, obviously you started off really hammering the phones, being in front of people, doing everything you could do to get business. How Now that you've kind of get have more of established business, people are probably calling you more. You're probably getting more referral business. Do you? How do you manage that? And what do you do to, to increase your, your bandwidth to do more business? So at Adobe, we have a, we call it our baby list, which is your sphere of influence. Uh, we try to touch each one of our baby lists four to five times uh, a year by sending gifts, not on the main holidays, uh, like on a holiday that people don't expect like flag something. Day. President's Day. Like President's Day. <laughs> yeah. some, some, something where people don't expect to get something. Alexander the Great's birthday. <laughs> that's, a, that's a definite. That's a definite. <laughs> so uh, that's what we do. And then we have a bunch of – we try to get six or seven different lead streams into our, uh, our office. Um, we have a great training program that Simon – uh, doesn't charge any of uh, of the agents with John Dwoskin. Uh, he comes in and he pours into a, a lot of information into us on a weekly basis. Uh, he opens up your mind to different ways to do things. Uh, so Simon, he cares about his agents. He yeah. treats us all like his clientele. Um, he, he doesn't treat us just like an agent with a number and tells us to leave. Um, yeah. he, he calls it, we are his clients. So anything that we don't like, he likes to hear about it. And he does everything he can to change um, anything that we don't like. He's he's great guy to work for, and he's an amazing so, uh, broker. What I'm hearing right now is is that your environment and actually the place where you're at is actually a big contributing factor to to the success that you're having. One hundred percent. If it wasn't for just collaboration, being a new agent four years in the business, it's you're learning a lot of stuff. Like Sal said, every day I learn something new. Yeah. Uh, being in my little cubicle by myself, not having anybody to talk to um, it, how it's great hard. is it you know like for example I, I work with ross a lot and i'm like hey like what do you you know even on a refi or something you know we'll be talking about like a past client and hey you know so and so so their house you know a couple houses down the street sold i talked to the appraiser that we have in our office or someone who used to be an appraiser and they say this right like what what value especially if you're pricing a house and whatnot just from having that team around you to be able to do 
a better job at your job, right? Because, you know, as a newer agent, sometimes like, man, I've never sold a house in this area, right? Like you can ask people around you and not go in blind and actually do the service that your client hired you to do better. It's 100% correct because if we have 40 agents now, each of them specialize in a different Mm -hmm. market and just being able to go talk to someone and say, hey, what what do you expect and going on, I'm not in this market a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to go, say, to Madison Heights, I'd go talk to someone that specializes in there, um, and they'd tell me, hey, this is what you can expect. This is how long you think it's going to sit on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd give me a, a great idea of what to uh, set my customer up for when I go and have a talk with them. Right. If I was to do that by myself, it'd be hours and hours and hours of research. Right. Or even in some big office, it's all fragmented, and you know, people are in and out. Maybe they they don't, they, they don't want to help you maybe out. Maybe they're the Madison Heights yeah. guy, right? But yeah. they've only really sold two or three houses there the past couple of years, you know? And they don't want to help you out. That's the problem yeah, yeah. is they're like, well, I'm in Madison Heights. Why are you selling a house right. in Madison Heights? Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good that comes out of that. Um, I, for me, it's, it's, I always wonder as a real estate agent, you know, why you would not be in an environment that would be more conducive to your growth. You know what I mean? Like, why, so like, there's a lot of agents that I've talked to before that are, you know, like Ross, for instance, he was at mm-hmm. a place and I think, uh, we actually were like, man, you should go to Adobe because we like what they're doing over there. Cause as a, as if I was a real estate agent, I'd feel like I'd want to be there. So we kind of pushed that on him. Um, but he was a little hesitant, right? Change and all that. But, but as a real estate agent, why wouldn't someone want to be in an environment like that? Well, me and Ross have become pretty close. Uh, we talk every day, like he'll text me. At 11 o'clock at night, we'll try and collaborate on different ways of helping each other grow our business where, like you said, you go into a bigger brokerage where other people are like they're standoffish. They try to hold everything tight. They're like, why am I going to help you, which is going to affect me. Uh, but at Adobe, um, everybody loves helping each other. Like Ross, like you told me, um, me and him talk every day. Like we sit across the desk. There's a huge desk like this. There's probably 20 of us that cram in on a little desk yeah. and that you see the space yeah, it's yeah. huge but everybody wants to be around each other yeah. because right excitement creates uh different leads and it, it it's exciting to hear what other people are doing yeah that's interesting so talk to me about the relationship between because you know as a real estate agent you have the ability to work with you know title company different title companies different mortgage lenders that kind of stuff what do you look for for partners that you work with to service your clients right because you know, ultimately, when a buyer comes to you, they're gonna be like, "Hey, I want to buy a house," and, you, and usually, are you pre-approved? No. Okay, well, here, talk to these few people, right? So, what do you look for? So, from us, from a from a from a uh, lending company, like, what is it that, that's important to, to to you as a real estate agent for your partners to to provide to you? I I just don't like uh, aha moments where somebody scares you like a week before or a day before and says, "Hey, we can't close," or "What do you mean we can't we 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 can't come out and do a closing at nine o'clock on Monday? We can only do it on Friday." So I, I look for people that are actually as professional as I am in my business. Right. I'd like to know right from the start, hey, we're having a problem with this client. Don't give me a pre-approval if it's not really going to happen. Don't string me along 60 days when you told me you're going to close in 25 days. Um, just being professional, that's the main thing for me. Yeah. Because my clients are going to be like, you referred this person to me. Why are why is it taking me nine, 90 days to get my house closed Yeah. when you said 25? Yeah, it really does reflect on you right i was talking to someone the other day and they're like yeah i mean you know i they people have their guy so it's you know or people come to me sometimes pre-approved from their bank or whatever uh, and it it's a pretty big deal if i give your name out right because essentially that's your i'm your 
guy now, right? So like, you better do a good job. Like, it's just kind of like the the in and out of it, right? Like, you got to know that whoever you're sending them to is going to take care of them the same way that you would. It's just like you guys referring agents. Your clients mm-hmm. is the same thing. If they just put them off to the side and deal with only their clients, you're going to get a bad name yourself. So it is funny how people sometimes, you know, it's like they'll blow me up all day over like ordering. A, did it get ordered? Did it get, I'm like, dude. It'll get ordered. We got like 30 days left on the contract. It's going to get ordered today, right? Yeah. And then I send a client over their way and the client's They don't like, answer it. <laughs> hey, I called so-and-so. They didn't answer him back. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I just well, – it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I, it's crazy to me that people are still not communicating because one of the reasons Sal's successful in general, <clears throat> and I've, I've seen it happen, is he answers his phone and he, and he lets people know and sets proper expectations. Like, dude – Hey, uh, yeah, his income's kind of shaky. We just FYI, we got some a written verification back, and it doesn't look great. Tells him right away. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Be honest, because then the other it's, the it's, not, it's yeah. not fair to the other agent or the buyer seller of the house um, when you're representing each side. They're they're like, why'd you wait so long? We we might have missed out on somebody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that translates to a lot of different. I mean, good and bad news should travel fast, right? Yeah. The worst thing that a loan officer can do, and I've seen this throughout my career so many times. See it I've every done, day. Yeah, and I've done it when I was young, right? I was like, I w- didn't want to tell people bad news. So you, you were in the background trying to fix it, like, oh, yeah. I got to fix it. I gotta. Scrambling. Yeah, and then you don't get it fixed, and then all of a sudden you're three weeks in, and you're like, well, what do you mean there's a problem? <laughs> well, it's the same, sh- same with newer agents when they go to yeah. a home inspection, and they get this huge list of items, and they're like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to tell this guy. All these right. things have to get fixed, and... Well, there's always them. usually a you way to, to solve it, right? Yeah, but as like a, a loan officer or an agent or something, you have to know what's realistic within those bounds, right? Of course, you can fix it if you put 100% down, right? And then <laughs> right. you don't need a loan. <laughs> right. But like what, what has to be done, is it realistic? If it's not, you got to pull that Band-Aid off the second yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Otherwise, like have a conversation with your client. Hey, you didn't tell me about this, you know, and – I asked you and you didn't tell me. Well, I, I didn't know, you know, I was on the title of that house. We got to do this. We got to do that. Is it doable, right? And if you, it's not, then you got to ring the bells and let everyone know. Look, good loan officers do their due diligence as much as possible up front to give a proper pre-approval on a, on a purchase. That's like the, the number one thing, right? You've got to make sure that you're looking for issues before they are. But the reality is, like Sal said, sometimes stuff comes up. Like you don't, you didn't expect. Like you said, I was, they're on title of a different house they didn't tell you about. Well, now what? You know what I mean? You don't, it's not something that might come up right away. Like, right. So it, it does happen. The trick is realistically is just what? Why are you laughing? I just thought of a scenario that happened recently. Go ahead. Talk about it. I, it's, oh yeah. I own a vacation. I own a cottage up in Traverse City. You guys need to know about that? Yeah. Do you own any <laughs> of the properties that that's, that's uh, incumbent in that? Yeah. <laughs> kind of matters. Yeah. I don't have a mortgage on it, though. It doesn't matter. You own the property. Yeah, if you're buying a house. Well, and, and unfortunately, yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes like, people's it. parents add them to deeds. They didn't yeah, even all know. the time. Right. right. They quit claiming them on in case something happens to them. And then you yeah. got to figure that out or was it done the right way and so on and so forth. Things just happen, though. You know, you have to address them as they come and, and get it off your plate. I think that's the biggest issue of people getting like. Once you start to get to a level of where, like, hey, I'm doing four or five, six deals a month, right? Once you start to get really busy, like, everything feels good, but you got to get the the bullshit off your plate, like, the second it's on it, mm-hmm. you know? Cool. Otherwise, you'll get bogged down, and your next month, you'll do two. It's That's like you tell your client, don't buy anything until you 
sign the signing the mortgage <laughs> closing. Yeah. And, well, I needed uh, appliances uh, for I the really house. Needed I needed to get uh, a Maserati, bro. <laughs> like I really needed the Maserati, man. I needed something do, in the garage. How about do not quit your job <laughs> before you close? I had a or put your two weeks in. I had a yeah. client freak out on me because he, he was he was clear to close, and then he did. So just so everyone understands, somebody gets clear to close, and, and there's one last check. Let's just make sure he's still working. They, all they do is call the company and right. say right before closing is so and so still working at your company. Well, they did that call, and he was pushing me. He was like, "I need to close. I need." To close. I'm like, "Dude, okay, we just got to do this last thing. We're gonna close. We're way ahead of schedule." Uh, yeah, he quit two days ago. I'm like, "You quit your job?" He's like, "Yeah, what's the problem? Well, yeah. you don't have income. How are you gonna yeah. pay your mortgage <laughs> that we're about to give?" So when you, you don't have income, there's no way that you ha- can have outcome. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, and that last track is, that. is sometimes it's insane too. It is right like, before closing. It, it's a, yeah. It has to be within seven days of closing, and often you know, uh, closing doesn't get scheduled until you know three four days before. So it usually happens the day before, yeah. or two days before. Yeah. So, so right there. But people don't like. He's like, well, I'm gonna get another job. I'm like, well, I don't know that. <laughs> like, I, like if 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 I had a hundred thousand dollars. Right, and you didn't have a job. Would I lend you the hundred thousand dollars, bro? You have the potential, is what he thinks. <laughs> I have, I have really high potential. I have potential. I'm very hireable. Well, they watch a lot of sports, so they yeah. get paid on potential, <laughs> right? So that guy's house, he didn't close. He had to get it cash from his dad, and it was a nightmare for him. And it was just like, well, you didn't tell me I couldn't work. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Bro, <laughs> you didn't tell me Stating if I didn't have a job, I can't get a mortgage. Why do you think we got your pay stubs, brother? <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of crazy things. Like this is what people uh, sometimes there's this whole movement to automate the mortgage process and automate the real estate process. But there's so many moving parts to the whole. I mean, yeah, if you have a refinance with a person with with two hundred thousand dollars in equity, and it's a simple, that's I could see that being automated. There's still so many moving parts in that. I get it. Shit but it, comes up. Yeah, but c- a refi is harder to write than a purchase. Uh, you know? it can be. Yeah, like it can be. <laughs> often, especially if it's like a, a someone who used everything that they had to buy that first home, like it, that deal has to be structured accordingly to like fit into their life. Like you, you can tell someone with pretty much like a $500 certainty up front on a purchase what it's going to cost them. Yeah. A yeah. refi, it's like, oh, well, this, I don't know if we can transfer your escrows, where your taxes paid, when's your insurance due. Yeah. Kind of paying Look, automation will happen on some level, but I just truly don't believe that you can remove the human element just yet. Well, people There's, don't know what they don't know. And, correct. you know, unless they feel like, which they won't, reading uh the Fannie Mae guidelines, a couple right? thousand pages. Like you need a human to explain. Well, what if I, you know, I got a deal right now. We we are in process. She's like, man, I took a new job. Is that going to be? I want to take this job. I'm like, well, you're closing at the end of the month. Fine, give me the offer letter. Right, yeah, and they have the reserves. Yeah. No big deal. It's all good. But otherwise, like, it was like they a, would do a VOE at the end when she's supposed to close deal. on a. Oh, now we need the offer letter. Now we need this, and now yeah. you can't close for another week. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few years with our industry. Our industry is really a lot of money is get being poured into the business to like automate things. You've got a lot of this iBuyer platform where Zillow is going to buy and sell houses and Open Door is going to buy and sell houses. They're not really in Michigan yet, so I don't think a lot of people are really thinking about it here in this area. But they they just went to San Diego, I think it was. So they're infiltrating all these markets and they're getting a lot of funding and they're actually doing a lot of deals. But and what people don't understand on those deals is. Yeah, the the real estate commission is one part of it, but they also have fees to do it. They're losing a lot of money yeah, by doing a lot these. Of money. It, but 
you know, people sometimes just want the quick cash. Like if I can sell my house, I don't have to do anything. I'll do it. So there is going to be a market for it. I just don't think the educated buyer is going to be using those too often. They want to have someone hold their hand. If you were buying a house, how would, would, would you want somebody to just click on a on a link and buy the house? What happens during inspection period when you go in? They don't know that, And you though. take a look at this yeah. house and you okay. see all these things that are wrong. Who's going to negotiate for you? Who's going to mm-hmm. help you understand what's wrong, that it's not a dead deal or something Computers that can't could do be that? fixed? They might be able to do it in like when I'm beep, gone, beep, boop, bop, 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 three, bop, gone, thirty thirty or something yeah. like that, but not right now. I mean, uh, yeah. there's more to a transaction than just signing the PA. That's what uh, people don't understand is the the fun part of being a real estate agent starts after the purchase yeah. agreement signed. Do, the do, hours do and hours the fun and part? hours. Is that what you call yeah. it the fun part? Uh, the I actual... want to add a line on the CD that says psychologist. Like <laughs> yeah. rate on the bottom. That's that awesome. says it is it is hard enough to buy a car online. Right, I agree. Pictures look great. Sal had a big comes problem. In, yeah. Carvana comes in. It's got this little scratches. Scratch. I didn't see that. I didn't take a picture of this. You, I mean, you could call and have them FaceTime around it, but like, that's a car. Yeah. I mean, a house. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine you buy a house on a hole in the ceiling? When people or buy a house no, site no on scene, no drywall. It's yeah. like buying a house on auction where you can't get into it. Yeah, it's yeah, be the exact it. same thing, and you walk in and you're like, it's like a mystery oh, there's box. A huge, there's a huge hole in the floor it's a here. Box. Yeah, <laughs> about my first Which, house site. You know, listen. It, often that's done by investors, and they know it's going to have yeah, issues. They're going to be right? cut it But like right, when yeah. people are like, yeah. We uh we had our agent go check it out. We're buying it sight unseen. Like that better be a good agent. It's turn. It's a turnkey house, and the only thing you, yeah. that works is you turn the key and you can get in. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> the house is turnkey. Yeah, There's nothing in it, but turn, it is turnkey. It's turnkey. Uh, all right, we're gonna do three questions. Uh, we do this on every show, and we're gonna okay. start with the, the random uh, that I choose in my head. <laughs> uh, uh, question number one is always the same. What scares Vix? I don't know who you're talking about, but me. What Just scares me? Yeah, what scares you? <laughs> what do you mean in like? Oh, it's whatever. It's up to you. Mm. Your interpretation. This is how it works. That you're going to keep asking the, the, me questions the, the, about Macedonia? No, no. Because no. you know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're Greek? No, because I know I'm Macedonian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What scares me? Uh, just not being able to provide for my family. Um, every day I think about my family. Family comes first. Um, I have two little boys. Um, it's all I, I work just for them. Um, coming from immigrant parents, you know how that is. Mm-hmm. They Kids come first. So it's the same with me. My wife and kids come first. Yeah. All right. Next question is, if you were on a deserted island and you could only have one item with you for the rest of your life, what would it be? Item? Item. On a dessert. Would, be, would it be a comb? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a hair dryer. Like, uh, You're a hair dryer? <laughs> <laughs> on a desert island. That's a pretty good question. Um, deserted island in that desert. So there's no cell service or Wi Fi? No, 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 no. It's one item. I would say an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say is an iPhone. Mm. I'd probably have to have a house on the island. A house? Well, you could build a house. How are you going to build with a house? What? what are you going to build a house with if you only have one item? A you hatchet. said one item, a so hatchet. you need a house. A house okay, is so already a house. done. So you want a house, like yeah. a, like a nice house. You want, you want like a nice house. A really pool. nice. So then <laughs> if I got off of the island, then I could sell it. Because I'd be an agent, I could sell <laughs> the house, go. get some money out of it, and then move on right. to another island, right? Good call. Good call. <laughs> um, I like this one. If you could spend one week in somebody else's body, who would it be? Obviously, you'd have you would just be them for for a week. Who would it be? Um, it would probably be uh, the guys from Million Dollar Listings LA. You can't be two guys. They're brothers, so you can be two guys. Josh Altman. Josh Altman? Yeah. Uh, Josh Altman, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> give us a call. 
I like his uh his style of business the way he does business. Yeah, yeah. he's an interesting character. He like, yeah, he's, he does a good job. Um, that's it, man. I think that do you guys have anything else you want to add to this this amazing show that we had? No, I'm good. No, so no, no, no. the uh that that island one always has me thinking <laughs> though, like man. That's a pretty oh, good there's question. There's an island for sale right now in Michigan. There's a lot of islands for sale. Yeah, there is. You go to Greece, they're yeah. for sale all over the place. It's enough with Greece. Well, <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing place. Gre- on Greeks invented <laughs> islands. They, well, I we think actually did. Probably invented <laughs> yeah. air. They did. Yeah. You like that air you're breathing? <laughs> That's my air. Stop breathing my air. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, listen, we really appreciate you coming by. Obviously, tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. Uh, you can get a hold of me by uh, calling my cell number, 248 two two nine nine one three seven and you can also email me at vic at we um, we also offer a great service to our clients uh, that does set us above and beyond everyone else uh, we started up a concierge service for our clients so anytime somebody buys a house from us um, leanne our concierge calls them up sets them up with telephone gas any type of a service that they need for their house to make it a, a seamless transaction nice. for them uh, so that's something that we're doing. Um, That's awesome. So you guys continue to add value to your clients. To our clients. Which is awesome. That's, That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good idea. Uh, by the way, uh, Verizon, I think we have, uh, you know, our phones weren't working the other day. They're still not working. So I don't know what's going on with our phone services, but I, I, I'm, I'm over the phone. I want to th- sell the other day. <laughs> I got to tell this story. Sal's got a, a earpiece. He threw it on the ground and stomped the sh- living shit out of it. <laughs> Just stomped the life out of it. Like, like, it and, and then it was a cockroach. And then five minutes later, went online and ordered yeah. another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're doing Which, it. It was worth know, it. Was, was it felt good, but then afterwards I was like, I really want that headset. It's Verizon. It's not my yeah. headset. <laughs> I was on the phone with Verizon t- for an hour and a half last night, bro. I, I told Paul the same thing when I go on my drive home. Leanne's like, "Oh, you're here. I know where you are." Yeah. Uh, my wife laughs because I do business in my driveway because that's the best place I could get the best cell service. Yeah, when and I talk to you, just you're, walking yeah. around in my driveway, and people probably think I'm insane. But yeah. I think, yeah. like we talked, I think it's something to do with that 5G network. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. 5G can go suck it. All right, guys, <laughs> have a wonderful day. We're out. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 